even in the beginning of my shift in this, I still like, I was serving, I was really trying to like put that effort forward, but I still, it still stung when somebody turned me down or it's still, um, I still like had that like, oh, please just say yes kind of thing. And, and so you could be trying to do all the right things, but until you repair your money mindset and you get out of that scarcity mode and you, um, you have to realize that money is an abundant um, energy. That's all it is. It's, it's energy and it's what we make up. We, that paper that we get in our, the dollar bills, it's just, we assigned that $20 to be worth $20. It's not really worth $20. It's just what we said it is. So it's just the energy we give that paper. So, and the power that we give that paper. So when you realize that there is no such thing as scarcity and that um, money is abundant and it's always flowing around and that just because you have a little bit of money or you're, you're taking a piece of the big pie doesn't mean that somebody else is missing out on it and vice versa. So if you see your teammate winning, it doesn't mean that you're losing and you, if you're looking at somebody winning or being successful and you're like, oh man, like when is my time? Like, well, then you know you're still kind of in a scarcity mindset because... Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. We've got a great one in store for you. In case you happen to miss the last episode, here's a quick snippet, and then we will get on to the show. Um, when I looked at my life, one day, I, 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 you know, I got to a really low point. Um, I was working. Uh, I was gainfully employed. Um, but I was living paycheck to paycheck, and it was a real struggle for me. I oftentimes tell people there were times where I would go to my room and cry like a baby because I couldn't provide the resources for my children. And so one day, man, I just went to the mirror and looked in the mirror and said, you know what? Something has to change. Alex and Sarah, thank you so much for joining, uh, joining us here today. Uh, we're going to get into, you know, your story about really how you're focused on helping entrepreneurs uh, really, before going to really the, the details of what you do, you know, why don't you tell me, I guess, let's, let's have you tell us real quick, you know, what is it that you do? And then we'll have you tell us sort of how you got started and what your story is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, we are Money Minds coaches for entrepreneurs and business owners. I've always been very entrepreneurial minded, um, even growing up. My, I sorted my parents, my dad is a CPA, so he's always had his own little side business, even though he's always worked full-time as an employee as well. So I saw him um, doing that, and then um, my mom had a little side business as well. So I was always around it, and I always knew that there was more potential than just working a regular job. And um, so when I started in direct sales and that was mainly where I was uh, and have been for the last 10 or so years. And being in that space, um, all the personal development training and everything that is involved, which is great. But then we kind of saw uh, an extra need for helping business owners and entrepreneurs on another level besides just helping the team we had and being kind of stuck in that space of whatever you know company we were with at that time um we kind of wanted to help it on a broader scale and we also have um dabbled in a lot of different types of businesses as well. So having a lot of experience there, I'm also an accountant by trade. So I have been in different corporations and seen, um, been on management level in different corporations as well. So I've seen kind of all aspects of different 
types of businesses. Um, and you want to add some of your story in there too? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? As far as for me, um, my background um, is in psychology. So I'm really interested in the human mind and just what makes us tick, what makes us do what we do. And I always, um, you know, just, just fascinated with like origins of what people do and why they do what they do. And um, a lot of my background is in sales. Um, I spent a lot of, a few years in financial services. So dealing with uh, families in um, estate planning, insurance, um, you know, uh, preparing for taxes properly, things like that. And that experience was great because it taught me a lot about personal development. Me and Sarah, like Sarah mentioned earlier, of just getting exposure to different books, different types of leaders and speech and speakers and things like that. And that really kind of to spark my interest and in just seeing the direction of um, the company that I was been I was with. You know, nothing negative about them, but really kind of seeing this big need for the the recruits, the reps that they have, and other businesses that we were working with of they need to really learn how to be trained to do sales the right way because a lot of it's from the scarcity, fear-based, I need to get you, I need to, you know, just you're just another number to me versus focusing on value for the customer and focusing, is your service even really a good fit for them? Is there really a need for them? And that's really what started to spark our interest into the coaching realm and you know, being able to work with people and building up our podcast, things like that, has been just a wonderful experience for us and we're just looking to do more and more of that and help more people. Great. You know, I, I have a, I have a, a long sales background too, and I uh, can relate to some of the progression and the, the process uh, that I think you probably have gone through. Can you point out any, uh, any of the, the experiences that you had in that process where you had some different mind shifts from scarcity to mindset to an abundance mindset to really trying to take and trying to focus then on giving or trying to, trying to uncover more of what the other need was versus just trying to present what you wanted from them? Yeah, I mean, for myself, I mean, I've had a lot of experiences where I just completely blew conversations and, and blew prospect, uh, you know, approaching people and blew meetings, in-home meetings, or, you know, having people come to an office to, um, you know, to show them the opportunity. And a lot of those were um, me just throwing up on them, giving them everything, not really listening, not really even asking questions. I would go through a whole presentation, let's say 20, 30 minutes, and they would just be sitting there like, hmm, that was really great. So what do you think? Um, you know, not for me, not today, whatever it is. And, you know, and a lot of that was really, A, not qualifying them properly, right? You know, just like I said, asking the right questions, asking them, is there even interest, is there even a need? And then um, B, just my own energy of, come from a place of, I have to get this person versus serving that person. And that took a long time for me to, to make that transition and make that shift. And as I started to approach people differently and make invitations versus, you know, um, let's say, you know, on, on like online, you're just bombing them and just spamming and sending links and things like that. I mean, we, I'm sure most of your audience, somebody out there has done it before. So we're not knocking you, but it's, it's happened. It's just part of the game. But um, focusing on now asking questions and inv inviting them to, you know, see a website or see or have a conversation over the phone or, you know, just have a text dialogue going on. I think that's been the thing that's, at least for me, shifted and helped. What about? Yeah. Um, like, especially in my, um, I don't even want to say early years because I feel like it was even for such a long time in the space that I was in, like you're just always, when you're in sales, they tell you, I mean, it's not really your fault, really. It's your mentor, like telling you like, oh, it's a numbers game, get the numbers. You have to ask 10 people to get one yes and all this. And it's like, no, like now um, the shift for me was probably connecting with people outside of the industry because listening to my direct sales leaders or, or network marketers, or even, I even trainers. did, I even did coaching and training with Alex's company. Even those, like 
every space that we were in where we were under an umbrella of a company, we seemed to be getting the same teachings and that's why we listened, but it's all the numbers game. Get like, you gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta ask all these people. You gotta like Alex. Yeah. We used to go to the to the Target and like yeah. walk around Target just trying to uh, meet people I've and got like, worse hey, of, you know, <laughs> go prospect and get yeah. numbers and all this stuff. And it was like, um, so the biggest shift for me was just getting coaching from um, people that were not in my industry or maybe that had been and they stepped outside and they were able to offer a different perspective. And that's really the first time that I heard about like being aligned with what you're doing versus being in this hustle mode. And, um, and yeah, that was, that was the biggest thing for me is because once I started hearing these other people who are, and they're, they're just as successful, if not even more successful than the people that we were hearing from in our industry. And so they're, you know, multi seven, multi eight figures and, and they were like, yeah, no, you don't have to do it that way. You know, when you're talking to 10 people, you should be closing nine of them, not closing <laughs> one of them. Yeah. So it's just comes from a different perspective, like of having a serving mentality and being disconnected from the sale and not so like, oh, I need you to buy this because right. I need money. Everything is riding on you. And yeah. You start taking a bunch of no's. You take nine no's, you know, you go buy this formula of, you know, approach 10 people, one buys. Well, you have nine rejections right there, nine people that have said no to you, that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and some, sometimes, most of the time, they may be nice, but you're always gonna find that one or two pe- person who's gonna be like, get away from me, don't call me again, you're a yeah. jerk, blah, blah, blah. And it stings, you try to detach, but if your whole essence is get, hunt, versus farm, build, create, collaborate, and and, and serve, it's going to be, it's, it's a tough, tough road <laughs> as a salesperson. Yeah, I agree. I, I really, it resonates with what you said, uh, Sarah, about hustling versus being aligned. So when you take a look at the purpose or how do you get aligned, how do you get aligned with think, a purpose? I think that the biggest thing is to, I, I tell people like, look at yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself and ask yourself if whatever you're doing right now in this moment, if you would not get paid for doing it, would you still be doing it? And that's the first way and the easiest way to know if whatever you're doing, you're really passionate about and you're really aligned with. And so, um, being aligned with what you're doing, you're just like, you know, it's your purpose. And sometimes you might even feel like something is your purpose until you see something else come along and something else opens your eyes. Cause like really the coaching industry, before we got into it, I didn't even know that there was such a thing as all these different kinds of coaches. I thought there was only life coaches and I was like, I don't want to be a life coach. And then, um, I just started hearing about like, like when I started stepping outside to, of, of what we were in and looking for um, mentorship in other ways, that's when I learned about all these different things. And um, this is something that just like, somebody asked me the other day, they were like, what motivates you? And I was like, my business motivates me. Like I'm literally like, I get out of bed and I'm like, yep, let's do it. Like, I don't care if like nobody responds to my posts or my messages that I'm sending out. Like, I don't care. I'm completely detached from um, the outcome of whatever happens because I'm just so excited to share the information that I have and the information that I teach and share with people. So what about, what would you say for you? Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> as far as feeling aligned with... You- if, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry. You, no, I, you know, I actually would like to ask you to go a little bit further with that. I would really like to hear more. So, so in there, and I, I really get that, that, you know, you're just passionate about what you're doing. So I wonder when you think about your business, right, or you think about that, right, what types of things do you think about that really get you saying, wow, I, this is really what I like, or this is really what I'm wanting to be doing, and I can be super excited about it. What there must be some type of image you have 
or some idea or some outcome that you really just, that is exactly why I'm doing this. And it's very clear. Do you have that? Probably. I'm just talking to my past self. That's really what it is because I know what it's so like to be so frustrated and stuck in that. Like you're putting all this effort out there. You're hustling. You're, you're like, because for me, uh, prospecting people, cold messaging people, and all of that stuff that's preached in the industries that we were in always felt super icky to me. And it was always like, a, oh, like, oh, I'll, I'll type this up and send it because my leader said to like, do it. Like I, yeah, no, seriously. And no, I'd like, I and I'd like cringe when people like message me back. Cause I'm like, oh, they're just turning me down. Like, I don't want to look at it. And, and so I spent so much time and wasted so many years in that space that I really think like it's, it's kind of hard to put my thumb on because it's just sometimes when you go through this whole shift, it's hard to like look back and figure out like, like what Was is there it a that motivates? Yeah. Was there like but I really feel like when I think about it and my initial response to like, what is it that motivates me? It's just like, I'm teaching my past self there. There's, there's the people who used to be like me that are still out there. And, and I also probably one of the other things that keeps me in this business, keeps me passionate about it is I still get cold messages all the time on Facebook from people. And I'm like, could you just, could you stop? Don't do that. Don't. And I'll like try to talk to them and I'll like, you know, most of the time they just block me because they think I'm just like being whatever, but <laughs> I'm like, no, they really do. <laughs> I know. But uh, I try to like coach them when they message me because I'm like, please, just could you just not, let's not do that. Let's, let's teach you the better way to do it. So um, yeah, that would, that would be my answer. <laughs> cool. Cool. And it sounds a lot like the, just the process. I think once you, once you learn a process or you, you learn something that you know works or that you know that you can teach other people, you know, you get passionate about that. And yeah. that's, a, that's a good enough reason really to, to do what it is. There's a lot to learn in that and the teaching and everything. So, so I get that. Yeah. So uh, in terms of for this approach for using more of a serving mindset, right. And uh, being aligned and not having a scarcity mindset to sell more, right. To be, to do more business, to, so what does that look like? What are the, what are the sort of the, the steps that somebody would approach? You know, how does that look different? And like, what is, what do interactions look like if you're working to sell something or pitch a product or to present to somebody else, if you're coming from that serving mindset, what, what might that look like? So, um, I will explain that in a minute, but I want to say first that you have to work on your money mindset before you try to even go into this realm of, of being aligned and everything. Because if you're still stuck in that money mind, the mindset of like scarcity where like you need money, so you have to close this deal, you're not going to be able to step outside of that to be able to come from a serving um element. Because even in the beginning of my shift in this, I still like, I was serving, I was really trying to like put that effort forward, but I still, it still stung when somebody turned me down or it's still, um, I still like had that like, oh, please just say yes kind of thing. And, and so you could be trying to do all the right things, but until you repair your money mindset and you get out of that scarcity mode and you, um, you have to realize that money is an abundant um, energy. That's all it is. It's, it's energy and it's what we make up. We, that paper that we get in our, the dollar bills, it's just, we assigned that $20 to be worth $20. It's not really worth $20. It's just what we said it is. So it's just the energy we give that paper. So, and the power that we give that paper. So, when you realize that there is no such thing as scarcity and that um, money is abundant and it's always flowing around and that just because you have a little bit of money or you're, you're taking a piece of the big pie doesn't mean that somebody else is missing out on it and vice versa. So if you see your teammate winning, it doesn't mean that you're losing and you 
if you're looking at somebody winning or being successful and you're like, oh man, like when is my time? Like, well, then you know you're still kind of in a scarcity mindset because you should actually be happy for them and almost feel like their achievement is your achievement because that's how um, money really is. It's, it's supposed to be abundant and flowing abundantly throughout everything and everybody. So um, when you can see money that way and not hold on to the not stress about paying your bills, be thankful for paying your bills instead of stressing about it. Um, you can not worry and not have that like monkey on your back where it's like, well, I have to close 10 deals today. Otherwise I can't pay my mortgage. You have to kind of get out of that and work through those. That's why we talk about like money mindset and why I said before that money mindset is so important for sales and for business because if you're walking around with all these um, limitations and money blocks and you, you feel that it's a fight to get money and to get a piece of the pie, well, then you're not going to be able to get into that um, aligned state and kind of being very like, you know, when you're, when you're in the aligned mode, you're, you're like, this is my message. I'm going to say it, whether anybody likes it or not, whether anybody responds to it or not, whether anybody pays me for it or not. And you're like genuinely, genuinely detached from any outcome. Yeah. One thing it, it seems to be that people respond more when you take opportunity away from them. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to present something that they know that, you know, you can walk away with, they're more likely to step forward towards you. If mm-hmm. you're coming from a mindset where you're like, I've got to get this. Right. And you're like, there's not enough. And I need to take, I need to get this. There's no way you're going to get somebody to really feel as if they, they're compelled to come towards you because, you know, you're just trying to push it. So anyways, yeah, that would be my, my thought. But how, so how would you say that somebody might sort of, you know, work to cultivate more of that mindset if they're not there yet? It is a couple of different ways. Um, one of the first things uh, that we mentioned before is about the belief. So we have to really start to get to the root of what you believe about sales, what you believe about your business, what you believe about your industry. Like Sarah was saying, if somebody in your industry, in your field is winning, you know, quote unquote, you know, they're the, the success as far as, you know, hidden numbers, you know, they look successful, driving nice cars, house, whatever, all that kind of material stuff. Your role should be, you know what, maybe I should take this person out for lunch. Maybe I should find out what they're doing and emulate and model it and celebrate their success because at some point, if you follow those blueprints and follow those steps, it should happen for you, but you have to obviously do the work and be, uh, fix your, your inner beliefs about yourself, inner beliefs about money, about, um, about sales itself and your, your customers. And then the next part of that is transitioning to your confidence. So sales, anything in life is really about confidence. The more confident person is always going to have the upper hand and not to say it's competition, but really if I'm in a conversation with a prospect across you know, the table from me or on the phone, I have to have more confidence that my service is is good, is valuable, and obviously asking them the right questions and hearing their needs and connecting. Is their problem and my solution the right the right fit? And then in the sales world, once you're more confident and you have your beliefs um, aligned with who you are and you're really honest with yourself, honesty being the best policy, right? Now you can start to take action, massive, immediate, <laughs> inspired action. So now when you're um, going to networking meetings and you're, you're, whether you're passing out business cards or collecting cards or you're on the phone with prospects, you're um, making videos, Facebook Lives, you're, whatever you're doing to attract more traffic to you, you're doing that action from an inspired place because you know that, A, I have something good, B, I have something valuable, and C, this is going to be something that people will will pay me for and enjoy and consume and then become your evangelist and <laughs> and spread that message to more people i mean that's you know the 
that's the golden goose right there to have everything organic and people have my rep have our reputation say you know what alex and sarah did great work for me you really have to talk to them they really got it together they really helped me with my business here i saw this you know amount of growth and i and i can't thank them enough for it and that last piece of of it is really accountability so now your beliefs are in order you have confidence you have you're taking a lot of action, not necessarily hustling 10, 12, 14 hours a day, but the action that you are taking, say if you're blocking off three hours for the day to create videos and, and um, the distribute across social media and whatever it is, whatever, whatever form you're using, you're doing that and you're concentrated, you're focused, you're locked in, you're not distracted by our buddy over here. Oh, I had to see who, which notification? No, <laughs> you stay locked in, you focus, and then you stay accountable to it. And some of the ways that we kind of stay accountable is rewarding ourselves along the way. If I do X amount of this, well, then I will get this. I will reward myself with this. And who doesn't love a reward? Who doesn't love to give themselves a prize? But that's only gonna, ha you're only gonna really be able to enjoy that and feel that fulfillment when you've done the work, when you've, when your actions are aligned with your beliefs, when you start to say, I'm a hardworking person. I'm a dedicated person. I'm I'm a, I'm a person of integrity. I, I I do what I say. I'm a person, a man, a woman of my word, and I've made, I've taken this amount of action. Whether or not whatever results, the results are going to be the results. You can't help that. But if you stay true to what you're doing, you stay confident with it, and you stay accountable, you report to yourself, check check in with yourself daily, <laughs> and um. I think you have a great opportunity to, to win out there. Phenomenal. I, I, that all resonates with me as well. So, so tell us, so uh, to kind of uh, clarify for people then, so you tell us about, so your, your specific business, you're focused on helping to cultivate and coach people to develop more of a, a money mindset, getting away from the scarcity mindset. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. correct. correct. All right. So now that, Tell can you tell us a little more about sort of what that looks like, what sort of what you offer, and what sort of what tell us more about the business? <laughs> so it really um, depends per the client. Because um, right now, mainly we do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, soon we'll be um, opening up like group coaching or even courses. But for right now, with our one-on-one -on -one coaching, it really depends on the client that we're helping because it depends there's so many different approaches that we can take and, and um, different ways that we can help somebody. So like, if, you know, if I have somebody who's kind of like just starting out in business um, versus somebody who's been in their business for a while and just wants to um, pick up the pace or whatever, they, the first thing that I work on is I find out what, what their goals are, where they're at, what the success that they have seen. And the thing with money mindset, and it's such, a, it can be so sometimes difficult to explain um, because like, for example, I could have a client who they can't break the six figure barrier and they've been stuck there for several years and they just, or if they do break it, they like slightly break it and then they regress again or whatever. And the thing uh, with money blocks and, and things that could be holding people back is that um, it's ingrained beliefs and it could also be things that you've experienced in your business. So like from the, from the age of zero to 18 where so our subconscious mind is a sponge, especially from the age of zero to seven. So anything that you learned with your parents' money habits, anything that was said to you or around you about money, you absorb that like a sponge and it probably showed up in your life. You probably have the same or similar money story that your parents did. Um, so when that is not realized and worked on and worked through, um, then you find yourself in a limited state, even when you're trying to go above and beyond and do better than what your parents did. That's why the poor stay poor and the rich stay rich. Um, but so a lot of times I will have clients come to me that they don't even realize the bad money habits that they're having, like that they're 
you know, overspending. The average American spends 125% of what they bring into their household. So um, we have clients that overspend that need to address that situation because that is holding them back in what their business can grow to. Um, we also have clients that, you know, if, you're, if your parents ever said, you know, you ever heard the saying, money is the root of all evil, or that uh, rich people are just greedy and selfish. Well, you have that ingrained in your mind. And there, those are the things that are set in your subconscious mind that are going to hold you back. You're self-sabotaging and you don't even realize it. Um, also, usually the average of what you've made the last five years is going to be the cap of what you can ever make, give or take, you know, a range. But that's one of the reasons why a lot of times people have a hard time crossing over a six-figure barrier or a seven-figure barrier, depending on where they're at. Um, so there's a lot of inner work and a lot of uh, like self-study that a client has to do and that we work them through. And sometimes it's stuff that they don't even realize. I've had clients that they simply self-sabotage because they know that their money, their family is going to ask them for money and they don't want to be that person that has to be like passing out money all the time. So they purposely keep them, well, unsubconsciously keep themselves at a lower um, rate of income so that they don't make it big and they don't, even though they they want it, they say, I want to be a multimillionaire. I want to do this. I want to do that. But then it's like, well, why aren't you doing it? What's the problem? Oh, well, I know as soon as I make money, my phone's going to start ringing and my mom's going to want this and my cousin's going to want that and this and that and, da, da, da. and not that they have a problem helping their family. But if you ever have had a family member that has always been, that has kind of relied on you as a financial crutch, well, then you have that and it, it could be a burden for some people and it can be holding back some people from their success without them realizing it until we start talking about it and we kind of peel back the layers and we figure out what's really going on and what's really holding you back. Because if, if you are somebody who has no money mindset issues, then you're already a multimillionaire or billionaire or even beyond. So um, if you're doing something that can produce that kind of income, obviously, if you had no money mindset limitations, but you were just an employee, obviously you're going to be limited. But in the entrepreneurial and business owner space, um, you would be way up there if you had no money mindset issues. Well, Is that going to cover it? <laughs> what she said. <laughs> Well, very good. Well, so tell me, so tell us with the move really to kind of grow the business from really kind of working with the company, what have been some of the bigger challenges that you've had with trying to grow the business and what, what ways have you uh, implemented to, to grow the business? You want to, okay. Sorry. You're on a roll. Go take it. Um, probably the biggest struggle is, uh, just getting people to get to know us. Um, and one of the ways that we've helped that is we, we started our podcast. So we're interviewing different entrepreneurs. We also, obviously like we're on this podcast. So, uh, kind of networking in that way with, with other like-minded people. Um, just being able to start, you know, focusing now, like on building our team of leveraging, our time, you know, more efficiently of having people kind of handle more of our social media. We'll still do the content and we'll still, um, you know, create the videos, things like that. But I don't want to focus on editing stuff. I don't really want to focus yeah. on that kind of stuff. And I like need our to, podcast episodes. right. The podcast episodes need to yeah. start, you know, that that's been, that's a big shift that we're making because as we're connecting with more mentors and, you know, working on ourselves, that's also the big key personal development, investing in other programs, investing in other people and getting ideas and, and just seeing, okay, this is how they're operating. You know, what, what can we learn from that? And, you know, like Sarah was saying before, not concentrating on hustle, 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 because everybody out there knows somebody who works really hard and they're not where they want to be. There are broke people that work really hard, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So 
there's got to be something to it. I don't see Bill Gates ever build his own computers. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the richest people in the world. Uh, Jeff Bezos, he doesn't, he's not in a warehouse packaging up Amazon boxes. He's got people to do that for him. So it's not about quote unquote using people, but you're employing somebody. Now you're giving somebody an opportunity to feed their family. You're benefiting. The customer out there is getting a product that they want. So how can it ever be wrong? It's a win, win, win. But yet a lot of people that we work with and talk to their money mindsets are like, I need to do I it all by myself. That. Yeah, I can't I, afford that. It's all that. me. And, and you know, a lot great. of times you can't afford it, but you actually can't afford to not Talk get to help. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know what I, what's really jumping out there to me is the idea of leverage. Yes. And so finding out, looking around you, I guess being self-aware or trying to get awareness from other people to figure out how you can leverage, how you can fold time. You can't make more time, but how right. you fold it and how you, you, you have to leverage, you have to leverage people, you have to leverage resources, but there's other people that know how to leverage better than you and create influence. And it seems like that's a big part of it. And just other people, they may see how to use the same time that you're using, but more effectively, they can leverage the time better. And if you just figure that out, if they teach you, then you can leverage it like them and then you can teach other people or you can help. And it seems like it's a constant, it's a constant evolution of that process. Yeah, definitely. And one story that always sticks with me, I can't remember who said it. Who said the thing that told the story about the printer and the thousand dollar an hour thing? Do you remember who that was? Yeah. Anyway, some, um, I, don't remember. I don't know. I don't think it was like Zig Ziglar. I don't, I don't know. It was some, some famous, um, like, um, self-development, yeah. uh, Guru. Yeah. yeah, but they they said this example and it's always stuck with me. So he was talking about how he was talking to somebody that he was mentoring and the guy charged like $1,000 an hour to his clients. So the guy decided one day, one weekend that he bought this fancy printer and he was going to put it together himself. And he spent like 13 hours trying to put it together and the the guru guy had called him and was like hey what are you doing how was your weekend and he's like oh i spent 13 hours putting this stupid printer together and it still doesn't work and he's like wait you did what he's like how much how much are you worth an hour again he's like a thousand dollars an hour he's like oh so you spent thirteen thousand dollars putting your own printer together he's like call a college kid and pay them a hundred bucks to put it together. And sure enough, the guy calls a college kid and had a college kid come over and fix it and finally get it up and running. And so I always use that as the thing in the back of my head. Cause it's like, well, what am I an expert at? What's my zone of genius? Why am I trying to figure out, you know, social media algorithms and all this stuff that I'm not an expert at when (laughs) I can just pay somebody to just get it done and they could get it done faster because they don't have, I, then I don't have to spend the time trying to learn it and trying to, you know, do all this stuff. So, yeah. And in turn, you're going to actually wind up making more money because as you leverage that piece of it, now that gives you the ability to start being, to, to create. This is the thing with entrepreneurs that we have to understand. People pay us for our ideas. That's how we get paid. We get paid to create. We don't get paid to necessarily all the time deliver. Yes, it comes in a package, but we have people out there that package for us. You need somebody out there who's going to build the box. You need somebody out there who's going to tape tape it. You need somebody out there who's going to put the actual, let's just say a toy, put the toy together, put the batteries in, put the screws in. They do all that. But you are the visionary. You're the innovator that says, this is how it looks you draft up the blueprint of it. I draft it up, do it. (laughs) Bring it back to me, great. Now I sell it. Yes. It doesn't have to be that complicated. I saw saw a movie yesterday with my eight-year-old son and it was called The Best and Worst Weekend Ever. Yes. (laughs) I think they've seen that. Have we? Anyway. Go ahead. So I think I think it's on Netflix. So it's the best and uh, the best and the worst weekend ever. And it's about these three kids. They're younger kids and they like this comic book. And that's their bond is they get together. You know, they show them like a tree house and they're like reading the comic. There's 93 episodes of this comic. Right. And they, you know, it takes a while to go through 93 episodes or 93 uh, issues. So they're going through and their friends and everything. 
and they finish the 93, 93 issues and then there's no 94. Wow. And they're, they're like, what happened? They start researching. They're like, the writer just disappeared. Like he's just not, he's not, they can't find the, 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 the author. And that was like their bond. But anyways, they, they kept on being friends and they get to like high school. And then in high school, they get it. They, one of the guys finds out and they say, wow, Comic-Con is coming to our town. And who's going to be a Comic-Con? It's this long lost author of the comics. Wow. And so the guy tells his friends, there's three of them. He goes to one of them and he goes, hey, you know what we're going to do is this we're going to make the 94th issue and we're going to take it to Comic-Con and we're going to present it to the author. And we're going to say, we made this, we completed this. So the guy goes to one of his friends. He says, you, you know what? You are great at writing. You're going to write the issue. He goes to the other friend. He says, Hey, you are great at illustrating. You're going to illustrate this. Mm -hmm. And they both are like, okay, that's cool. And they look at him and they say, well, what is it you're going to do? And he says, well, I came up with the idea. That's what I did. And I'm going to sell it. That's it, yes. right? Yeah. Yes, that's perfect. That is awesome. So that that's awesome. Okay, well, cool. Well, uh, I guess one other thought I have is this. So now you're, you've been building and, you know, leveraging social media, connecting and networking. One of the things that you said was a little bit of a challenge, which I, I agree it, it definitely is, is the relationship building, the networking piece. What things have you learned in there that have made you a little more effective with that for somebody maybe that's starting off that just is just consuming on social media maybe, or just doesn't understand yet how to build relationships? Mm -hmm. what, what have you learned that has helped you be more successful with that? And what would you tell somebody that's maybe not as successful with that right now? I would say come from a place of just having fun. You, let's just say you, um, well, whatever industry, whatever you're into, find a group that is similar. That's, you, know, you want to be around similar minded people, be, not to pitch and, and throw up all over your, with your website and your links and all that kind of stuff, but really connect with those people as far as asking questions. Hey, I stopped by your page, man. I'll really like your stuff. Likes, you know, like comments, like posts and, and, and really be authentic about it. Don't jump in. It's like dating, right? You don't get married mm -hmm. on the first date. <laughs> so you have to warm up people to, to you, your voice and get a, a feel for the, um, for the conversations and for the dialogue that's in there. And, you know, having fun is a big key. Because if it's not fun, you just you're not gonna follow through with it. If you are approaching, you know, your prospecting, your canvassing as, oh, I have to go talk to ten people today. <laughs> well, it becomes the job now. It becomes this, like Sarah was saying, this icky thing you're doing. This begrudgingly, you you're just not enjoying it. And one of the things that's really helped out work for us is just really being able to offer value for people, and somebody who's let's just like other podcast um podcast guests that we've had on our show to this day i will share their posts of new episodes i will listen to episodes that they have i will stay connected to them because i want to see them win i like them we had great conversation we had good feel for each other and i want to see them win now i have an opportunity to to share for them and i don't care if they do anything back for me i don't care it, they don't have to i didn't ask them to but I want people to know that, hey, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you till you say, leave me the heck alone. But, you know, going, I think for someone starting out, going into a group of, uh, of similar interests, similar, similar likes, and really sticking with maybe one or two groups at a time. Don't go jumping into bed with 10 different groups and, and being like the group groupie, <laughs> so to speak. You know what I mean? Because A, you're going to find a lot of people that are just, it's just spammy, 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 spammy. Yeah. And you get turned off by that. But once you start to find communities that are really aligned with your values and, and you can find a lot of great value from and benefit from and offer your, um, your skill set, then you start to really cultivate a great culture with you because now people are like, you know what, you know, say for you, Errol, like, man, Errol's doing a great thing with LinkedIn, doing a great thing on podcasts. You know, I need to stay tight to this person. You know, Sarah's over here helping with money mindset and she's got great posts. You know, Alex, he's 
posting funny memes, but then also posting serious <laughs> things. You know, you got to balance that out too. That's you know part of our dynamic where I'm more kind of a goofy, funny one, but like I'll I'll slide in a serious message, and you'd be like, "Ooh, like that kind of cut deep." <laughs> but um, point of that is finding groups, finding people that are are similar in your industry, and just connect with them. Be a friend first. And I just want to add to that too. Um, if you know who your ideal client is, which I yeah. encourage every business owner or entrepreneur to know, um, then go where your ideal client is. So like our ideal client obviously is business owners and entrepreneurs. So I'm in a lot of women entrepreneur groups. And um, like Alex said, like those are the groups that I stay in and that I'll post, um, you know, you have to obey the group rules, but some groups allow you to like post once a week or whatever. So I do and, um, or I'll engage on other people's posts. And when I'm posting, I'm not selling, I'm just posting like something motivational or something that I'm, you know, some belief I have about, um, money mindset or something like that, something that can add value. Yeah. And, um, and I guess another tip would be think of it almost as if you are on a job interview. You want to put your best self forward. So if you have, you know, crazy posts and pictures in the past. Yeah, you know, clean up you your know, Facebook yeah, profile yeah, first. <laughs> clean it up. Just please do do yourself a favor. You know, clean up your Instagram handle. Don't, yeah. you know, have Or whatever. create a new one. Yeah, create a new one. Create yeah. a business page. You know, get, you know, get some headshots. Clean it up. Get classy. You know what I mean? Because A, it's your brand. You are your brand. No matter what you're selling, no matter what your business is, you are the business. You are the face of it. So if someone out there looks at my profile and says, mm, they're not going to work with me. They're not going to refer me. They're not going to even want anything to do with me. But if on the flip side, they're like, wow, this guy looks like he's got something going on. Now you're attracting that energy to, to you versus repelling them with, well, here's my thousand links. <laughs> like Nobody wants that. <laughs> definitely definitely agree i I'll, I'll share two uh two experiences i had actually this week that really relate to this one happened today so i've been building a relationship this is actually in person but building a relationship over time i haven't really tried to pitch too hard but literally this person now no likes and trust me is comfortable with me i've been just general talking so literally he comes over to me he's like hey so one of my buddies, uh, he's looking to do this and he wants to talk to you to make an appointment to come in and see you. Like I didn't solicit that. Right. I had, I had somebody else that I was in a conversation with. I'm going to Texas actually next week, like been talking to say, hey, you know, we've been probably in communication through social media now for, I don't know, six months, seven months. They know what I do. They know the content. They, you know, we've been communicating. You know, I just reached out to really say, hey, so go out to Texas. Maybe you want to get grab a coffee what you know tell me more about what's going on there so from there before ending the conversation I said oh yeah and you do this right yeah yeah I do that um yeah she, and this this person then said hey so I'd really like to talk to you a little more about this because this is going on I didn't solicit that that, that got built and then attracted that and they knew what to do so um so yeah so I think that's it's absolutely spot on it's a beautiful yeah. thing it's like it's the one of the best feelings when Someone's like, hey, I need your help. Like, sure. I mean, yeah. let's, let's have the conversation. Or like sometimes <laughs> if you like with in Facebook groups too, if somebody's looking for something, then somebody will go ahead and tag your name and be like, hey, well, you really need, re yeah. ugh, I can't speak, really need to reach out to so-and-so because they yeah. helped me and da, da, da. And yeah, all of that. Yeah. Just great. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Like I said, they did organic growth just having people be evangelists for you, be your fans. Yeah. And that also comes from you being a fan of them first. What Absolutely. are you, what the, the relationship that you want and uh, the, the traffic that you want? Well, are you being that person? Are you being that person right. that's going out and serving first and just leaving on the table? Nothing, no strings attached. Absolutely. That's <laughs> phenomenal. Well, I, I really hope that everybody listens to this, takes some notes. And uh, I think this can make a fundamental shift in a lot of people. So I really appreciate you, know, you both uh, joining us today. So if, if people want to reach out to you, what are the best ways? And I think you mentioned you may, you may, want, you may have 
So the, I think you may, mentioned you may have something to, to offer for people that are listening as well. Uh, so tell, tell us how do people connect with you and, you know, feel free to share anything that you, you would like. Sure. So um, the best way is to find us on our website, which is AbundanceDaily.com because on there we have a freebie for you guys and that's our abundance journal so if you go to the website you will see if you scroll down about halfway you will see um over to the right where it says something about the abundance journal and you will also uh, a pop-up will eventually come up on the website too for you to get that so that's your freebie download and then also on our website we have linked our podcast episodes so you can find our podcast that way um, I'm on LinkedIn as Sarah underscore Dumas 888. Um, Instagram, you can find me at the real Alex Dumas on Facebook. Our um, <clears throat> our page, Abundance Daily, and the number eight in the in the address. Yeah, in, in the address. Yeah, box. if you put in Abundance yeah. Daily, you'll see our picture. In yeah, there. yeah, yeah, you'll see us back to back. <laughs> but um, yeah, AbundanceDaily.com. That's uh, the best way to connect with us. Also, our podcast obviously titled Abundance Daily. That is available on iTunes, on Podbean, and on Spotify. So we publish twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. Um, typically Mondays is me and Sarah with um, our perspectives, our insights for the week. And then Thursdays, we feature guests. So we love to um, connect with different entrepreneurs, one of their stories, you know, similar to what we're doing right now. We're going to be looking forward to having you on our show in a, a couple of weeks, Errol. So that's going to be exciting to kind of... Uh, you know, reverse the roles a little bit, but definitely, you know, but um, yeah, those are the ways to, to find us and, you know, we're on social, we're always sharing different pieces of content and, um, and giving as much value as we can. All right. Well, very good. Well, thank you. Thank you both so much. Thank uh, you. Thank you. We're grateful to connect with you, man. It's been, we've had two good conversations so far, so I'm looking forward to the third <laughs> one, the trifecta. Absolutely. Well, you know, that that's what it's all about. So, you know, we initially too, obviously we just sort of came across each other on LinkedIn, reached out, connected, yeah. had a conversation, tried to understand what each other does. From there, you find synergies and you build, you create things like this and opportunities develop and you don't have to be pitching and selling. I mean, that's, that's kind of, you don't have to directly roll with that. That's not the way to do it. Well, you don't want to buy my stuff? <laughs> buy it. Buy my book. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes, yes. Cool, cool, cool. All right, great. All right, Errol. Appreciate you. Thank you, man. Definitely. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Mastery, where entrepreneurs go to network and learn how to attract their ideal clients via LinkedIn and broker powerful connections worldwide. Be sure to visit us at LinkedIn Mastery on Facebook. Be sure to replace the Y with three E's and join us at LinkedIn Mastery. Enjoy this sneak peek of the upcoming episode. And if you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe so you get first notification of all upcoming episodes. And if you really like us, and you want to help more people hear us, be sure to write a review, a five-star review, and let everybody know how Errol helps entrepreneurs. What happens if we don't do this work, right? You don't make that sale. You don't have a leadership team that's ready. You make sales that you can't deliver on. You lose X number of customers. You can't get your customer success rates, retention rates from 75% to 93%, whatever your targets are. What's the value of that? So finding ways to quantify it in the client's world and words um, helps you establish what your value is.